This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Shaker and Spoon. Captain's Log, Stardate. I don't know, there's like 140 stars within a mile of me, so we're going to skip that bit. We received a package today from a company called Shaker and Spoon, and Colin and Jesse are already face deep in the box. It has three recipes for creating cocktails, plus all the ingredients you need, minus the alcohol. As someone who's been gargling swamp hooch for the last how many forevers I've been up here, wow, we got the vodka brunch box. Each recipe makes four servings, and we've already had the blood and sage and the slow rush. So easy to make, even Greg the Zebra was tending bar, and the results were magnificent. If you're foolish enough to listen to this show, we've got an actual smart thing for you to do. $20 off any linked subscription if you go to shakerandspoon.com slash oz9. Get a box delivered to your airlock each month and $20 off your subscription at shakerandspoon.com slash OZ number nine. Enjoy, Space Monkeys. Captain out. Summer 2019. Probably a Tuesday. As the Huzz 9 podcast is on a one-month hiatus between seasons 1 and 2, the crew waits, breathless, for the apocalypse device to maybe, or maybe not, explode 29 Oz minutes from now. Back on Earth, half of the cast assemble to talk about the podcast, life aboard the Oz 9, and what they think might happen next. Hint, they have no idea. Join Aaron Clark, June Clark Eubanks, Tim Sherburn, and Richard Cowan, but be warned that they throw spoilers around like confetti, so if you haven't caught up to episode 20 yet, you might want to do that first. So as kind of an intro, um, I need applause. Well, I'm hoping that was when you do applause. Oh, right, that, no, that's the intro. Or that's, I'm not sure what that is. That's laughing. That's laugh track. I need yeah. to label these. That one. <laughs> uh, see, it's like the opening to an interview show. Oh, except I just repeated it. Oh. Uh, well, she can fix that in post. <laughs> <laughs> At least I hope so. All right. Uh, so we are the cast of Oz 9, and um, now that we're on hiatus between seasons, uh, our writer, producer, director, goddess, Shannon, wanted uh, us members of the cast to get together and talk a bit about our experiences so far working on this endeavor, which seems to have gotten some people excited. Uh, beyond us, because we are certainly excited about how popular this has become. They like me. They really, really <laughs> like me. Well, they, well, I, well. Actually, they do like you. Me, not so much. That's because you're a jerk. That's not very nice. So there's some questions that Miss Shannon wanted us to answer. So we're going to go through each of these. Um, as an FYI, we're testing out our new audio setup. Um, which is kind of fancy. Uh, <laughs> so this would be the first time that our our listeners will have a chance to hear us with the new audio setup. Um, so we'll hopefully be bringing better quality to the podcast. Uh, so let's go ahead and kick off question number one. Better quality recording, not acting. I just want to clarify. Well, I mean, there are standards and expectations. I mean, hey, Tim, do we want to go around and just introduce everybody? Oh, uh, sure, shoot, yeah, you probably. <laughs> hey, Okay. Um, anyway, so introductions. Shannon's going to like just completely lose a nut when she 
that's like wrong on so many ways. I'm just going to yeah, pretend I didn't say it. That. Shannon Please fix do. that in post. So yeah, all right. So we kind of did a preview already of who's on the channel, but let's just start with June. June, let's tell start, us about June, yourself. introduce yourself. All right, my name is June Eubanks or June Clark Eubanks. When I'm claiming Aaron Clark as my husband, um, let's see here. And I play the albatross and Glenda. I am Aaron Clark, and uh, I am the husband of June Clark Eubanks, and I play <laughs> Le Bichon Frise. And Ben. And Ben, yes, and, and ben. ben. My name is Richard Cowan, and you know me as Lee. And I am Tim Sherburn. You know me as Colin, and uh, Colin Smith, and, <laughs> and as... Um, uh, as head number two, Emily, Emily, uh, the uh, the feisty uh, maintenance robot. Uh, so let's go ahead and get started. And Buck Nubbins. Oh, I am. And Buck Nubbins. And Tater Tot. <laughs> Emily slash Tater Tot. Emily slash Tater Tot. Let's start with question number one. Well, I think we actually went through question number one. Who are each of you and what characters do you play? So I think we've uh, accomplished that sufficiently. This is the advanced class. <laughs> it's a good thing we don't do a live podcast. Now we have a live show coming up in April of next year that we're super excited about as well. And that is going to be a exciting and, and frightening experience <laughs> when we actually have to do this in front of people so um something that our fans might be to want to might want to be aware of for the next year but uh anywho moving on to question number two uh a brief bio from each of you acting experience is great if you have none then work hobbies education whatever so let's start with june i started out acting where Two of you Jamokes started at, at Parkland, I think, right? Yes. At Parkland yeah. <laughs> Parkland College, uh, with uh, acting one hundred or whatever that was, one oh one. Jim Coates like introduction to acting or introduction to lying as he used to call it. <laughs> introduction to lying. That's right. I started lying at the tender age of eighteen at Parkland College. Uh we won't say when that was. And uh, then I went on to Southern Illinois University and did some more lying. And uh, then I perfected I perfected the art of lying uh, by performing in uh, Chicago, New York, all up and down the eastern seaboard when I played Winnie the Pooh. So, yes, that, the albatross used to be Winnie the Pooh <laughs> in a musical, singing and dancing. Um, in a big teddy bear suit. That uh, that was fun. Actually, best job ever. Um, then I got my MFA in directing, and I directed some plays in Chicago, and uh, now I'm here, back in Champaign-Urbana, Illinois, with Aaron Clark and our daughter, Lizzie. Stepping on board the Oz-9 is nothing if not a roll of the dice. So, if you're going to take that chance... At least have some really gorgeous, high-quality, unique RPG dice to roll with. Fan Roll by Metallic Dice Games have classic metallic dice sets, but also gemstones, acrylic, liquid core, and even a glow-in-the-dark option that's super cool and super handy when you can't find any night vision goggles. So many colors, materials, and designs to choose from. Plus, 
Listeners to this show get 10% off your order. I'm guessing as a sort of consolation prize for listening to this show. Just use the code OZNUMBER9 at checkout. Get dice that are as unique as you and your character. Go now to FanRollDice.com and choose your dice, Space Monkeys, and get 10% off with code OZNUMBER9 at checkout. Uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll go next. Um, I I started out even younger. Um, I remember my very first role ever was in first or first grade or kindergarten. I played Timothy the Turtle, um, oh <laughs> and uh, a love with acting I guess was was born at that point. Um, I acted all through. I was a theater nerd all through high school. Did all the plays and musicals and then met you guys at Parkland and did several plays uh, there at at Parkland College when I was uh, like basically lying to my parents that I was trying to get this mass communication broadcasting radio degree when really all I was doing was hanging out in the sea wing with you guys and uh, trying to get and do as many plays as possible. Um, I I went on the four-year plan to Parkland and graduated in 96, and then uh, Tim and I, I remember that summer of 1996, we hadn't done a play in a while, and Tim goes, oh man, this local theater company is doing a production of Carousel, which to this day, I still don't really like that musical, but we both went out for it, and we both got cast in the chorus, and so we sang. It has some questionable messages for young women. (laughs) Very. Very. And uh, so we uh, we did that for the summer, and I, I really loved that. I wound up doing, oh my gosh, about 10 to 15 shows with them. And then I went back out to Parkland, and I did shows out there, and I did shows at another uh, local community theater uh, here in town. And I wound up doing about, mm, about 40 shows, and I went, okay, well, I need to go back and get a degree. And uh, in... 2009, I went back and graduated from SIUC. And see, this is a problem right now. June's writing notes, and this is what she does to us in our recording sessions. Yeah, it's my life story. You're being critiqued. <laughs> Stage managed, I believe. Is uh, we all acted in high school, for God's sake. <laughs> I okay. I don't think Richard did. Uh, actually, I would clarify, I did not act in high school. Richard has absolutely no theatrical experience whatsoever. So anyways, um, I kept on doing uh, local theater. I love it. Um, this is a chance for me now to not have to go to rehearsal and uh, memorize lines and do songs and sing and uh, to actually get out that acting bug. I, I really, really love it. So go ahead, Leet. I actually have no acting background. Um, just uh, have a bunch of friends who want to do a podcast, and so I kind of got roped into it. Uh, I've been having a good time. How long have you been working on your symmetry? Uh, my symmetry has been worked on since an early age, actually. Believe it or not, uh, uh, the only performance kind of training that I have is two years of modern jazz and a year of ballet um, between sixth and seventh grade, where I roughly uh, kind of when I terrified a bunch of young girls when this six-foot-tall, uncoordinated guy is spinning around in the thing trying to do the maneuvers and failing miserably uh but hey that's about the closest you could say i have the training training background oh and i think i was in drama class in high school for about four days till they kicked me out 
Or maybe it was math. All I remember was there being drama. <laughs> oh, no, there was there was drama. I had an argument with the teacher because I was telling her that there's no way that Sylvester Stallone had to memorize Shakespeare, and that kind of didn't end well. And so I found a different pursuit, and uh, that found me in painting watercolors. So, hey. He, he was in wrestling and watercolor. Yes, I was. Uh, actually, I was a lot of sports. So in some ways, I'm like Leek, but probably not as smart. <laughs> wow. How self-effacing of you. But every bit is graceful and lovable. Uh, so, yeah, like uh, like Aaron and June said, we kind of got our start doing theatrical work together at Parkland College at um, uh, in Champaign-Urbana. And uh, we were in the um, uh, theater program there, which is a little repetitive, but um, I've had the acting bug ever since I was a little kid as well, uh, except my first performance uh, was as the reluctant dragon, and I was the actual dragon, was one of the first plays I ever did, and uh, I remember having the awful costume, and I think my parents still have pictures of that someplace. Uh, uh, but they're all the way back in rural Illinois, so that uh, you would have a hard time finding them. The uh, <laughs> I'll work um, on that for you. No, no, no. You don't need Thank to do that. You. Thank you, Lee. <laughs> uh, so then, enough us already. The um, so yeah, after that, uh, we did school. Uh, we did performances for CUTC for the for the uh, musical company in Champaign for a while. Then I moved to Chicago and lived in Chicago for a number of years. Um, my bachelor's degree is actually in stage management from the University of Illinois um, because I was too chicken to um, actually go for acting. Um, and actually, my friends laugh about this because the day that they were over at the apartment I was sharing, when I actually told my parents that I was leaving the School of Computer Science to go into the School of Theater to pursue my lifelong dreams. And... Um, Needless to say, it was a more difficult experience. When I came out to them as gay, uh, that yep. was easier than when I told them that I was actually going into the school of theater. They That was a more violent upheaval um, that probably could have been heard like across the prairie when I laid that one on them. So I was probably not the easiest child to, to, to bring up. Um, or live with as an adult. Shut up. The... <laughs> Nice, nice falling there. Nice, yeah. Shut up. Uh, so unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, after I left Chicago, I mean, once I moved up to Chicago, my my um, theatrical experience kind of petered off. Um, life doing theatrical work, as as I'm sure June and Aaron can attest, is very difficult. And I wanted something a bit more stable, uh, so I ended up going back into computers. Ironically enough. Um, so as not to like spend an hour on my life story, um, eventually I ended up in Seattle and, uh, we, um, started this podcast and are having a lot of fun. <laughs> Moving on to the next question. <laughs> Let me just interject one little bit here. Our first attempt, uh, at recording a radio play with this group, uh, we decided to try and do an old Sherlock Holmes story. Oh, and geez. let's just say doing Sherlock Holmes when over half your cast cannot do a reliable English accent is kind of a scary endeavor. It 
didn't get finished. <laughs> we'll just call those the unpublished tapes and leave it at that. <laughs> the early works. All right, moving on to question number three. Uh, how did you become involved with Oz9? So, uh, like Richard had mentioned, we were kind of experimenting with doing some type of radio plays. We wanted to do some sort of creative pro- uh, recorded creative project. We started with the old school Basil Rathbone, Sherlock Holmes is just kind of a fun old school radio project. And that didn't really kind of keep us engaged. <laughs> yeah, I had, uh, we're, we're big fans of a lot of the British productions. And so I uh, kind of put together for a Christmas gift frame a whole bunch of scripts of like Red Dwarf and uh, oh, a couple of others um, and a lot of Sherlock Holmes. But oh, you even included the Hitchhiker's Guide Christmas special. Oh, I did. Yes, there was a lot in there. Unfortunately, like I said, Really, most of us cannot do English accents. So um, we kind of moved on to something new. And I think uh, probably uh, the audience is uh, happier for it. So Shannon and Richard, we've known for a long time. And Shannon is very creative. And she really wanted a writing project. Yeah. And so it was just kind of this perfect blend of circumstances that we were looking for a performing project. And she was looking for a writing project. And ta-da, here we are. Yep. Um, 20 episodes later, not including the half episodes. And then we had Aaron. And then we introduced Aaron in June later. What's really funny about that was uh, I had saw a post on Facebook that Tim had put up that he was, you guys were involved uh, with the new podcast. And I, I love podcasts. I, I listened to them at work and I was like, Oh, this is great. And I immediately went and listened to the first episode and I loved it. I thought it was so great. So uh, I was a fan, actually, before I was actually on the show. And um, I think it was about uh, probably eight to ten episodes in, and I happened to be mowing our grass, <laughs> and I got a text from Tim, and he's like, hey, are you listening to our podcast? Because uh, we would really like to get you, you and June involved. And I freaked out. June, I, I don't know if June remembers that. I was like, oh, my God, Tim wants us to be on the podcast. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm so excited. So like I I did this fake audition, I guess, for Shannon, and Shannon was like, dude, you're in. Like, if you know Tim and Richard, like <laughs> you're in. So um I did a little audition tape for her and then uh and then she told me it was so funny. She was like, Can you do a French accent? And I went, really badly. And she went, the the worse the better. And I was like, Okay, I'll do it for you. And uh, yeah, I love I love this little French guy. He's he's fantastic. I really love him. Oh my god, everybody loves him. <laughs> okay, except for maybe right the French. Yeah, except for maybe the French. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone with an ear for languages? Um, yeah, okay, so yeah, I was brought in by Aaron. Uh, the virus spread to me in my own house. And uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, Aaron was super excited. I don't listen to that many podcasts. I had heard the first couple of Oz 9, and I was intimidated because I thought, oh no, what am I going to do? I, I, you know, I like watching movies and things like that, but I, I wasn't sure I'd, I'd 
be a good fit. And Shannon said, uh, we need more women. And that was really enough for me. Because we do. We need more women in everything. Like, in in all jobs, theater-related, performance-related, directing, writing. And thank God Shannon had the foresight to say, I want to write. Uh, you guys want to act? I want to write. Thank God she advocated for herself because she's brilliant. She's so funny. And I think that's... The reason I was intimidated was I was afraid that maybe part of what you were doing was improv, and I am not really great with improv. So when I realized she was writing everything and how, and I saw I could read and hear how funny she was, I thought, okay, yeah, 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 I'm on board. And, uh, <laughs> she's coming up with the words. We're fine. <laughs> yes, yes. She's giving me the words. She's brilliant. I just say the words. <laughs> Tell me what you want to say and I'll say it. I say the words. <laughs> and then I sit here most of the time trying not to crack up into the microphone while Aaron's doing uh, Le Bichon Frise because... <laughs> Which is difficult enough. It's killing me. It's so, ridiculous. So I'm over here, you know, with my hands over my own mouth. But yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Let's move on to the next question. So the next one is, what's the experience been like so far? Something that's been crazy to me is like like as I said before, I'm like a big podcast fan, but to to uh, to see the response from audience members that are listening and uh, like it's weird. like it's just fun to do. it's it's fun to get together and do our recording sessions and that people actually enjoy it and look forward to it is wonderful. like it's it's so it's so nice. It really is, especially when Shannon starts going absolutely gaga with the download numbers every time we release a new episode. <laughs> but And part of me is like, oh, God, here she goes again. But then at the same time, I'm just, but I want to know. <laughs> I want to know how many it's yeah. going up. I want to see how many more people are listening to us across, around the world, which is frightening to think about that our voices are being cast out there like that. Because it's like if you were standing in an auditorium and talking to all those people, it would be hideously intimidating. But... It's yeah. just amazing at the same time. So well, get ready for it because next April. Uh, yeah, we were actually going to have to do this in front of actual people. Damn you, Shannon. <laughs> Darn you. Darn. Shannon is proof that uh, you cannot buy happiness, but you can certainly watch it as you watch your ratings numbers go up and your downloads. <laughs> it's amazing. Okay, next question. Uh, where do you think the story is going? So we've had multiple conversations around this, just kind of conjecturalizing um, where we no think. spoiler alert. Well, I mean, God, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're literally along for the ride as far as the story is going. So um, if we think about each of our char respective characters, actually, let's not even talk about the characters. Let's just talk about the story as a whole. As like, mm -hmm. So where we left off... Um, for those of us who have followed up to this point, spoilers, um, that the ship has started to accelerate away from Earth. But we haven't noticed yet because we're stupid. Hey, we're panicked. <laughs> <laughs> and we have just discovered the identity of the mysterious doctor who's been among us the whole time. And Shannon can cut this if she doesn't want it in. The, uh, so where do we think's gonna, what do we think is going to happen? 
as far as like the actual what's going to happen to the Oz Nine and the crew. I can guarantee that anything and everything could potentially happen. Oh well, that's helpful. Yeah, well, and I think that's about as close as you can get to an accurate prediction. Uh, actually, knowing Shannon, that's probably true. What do you guys think? Well, I what I think is interesting is I really, really reading the scripts and getting them like. It, when I get them, I like read them immediately, and I thought for sure my character was going to get was going to get killed off at some point, and and while it was going to make me sad, I was like, well, I can I can play I can play something else, and that would be fine. But I really thought like I was going to get offed, um, and I I don't know like I really. Whenever I think I figured out Shannon and which way she's going, yeah. she she pulls a left turn on you, and I'm like, "What?" It is yeah. funny when we do the read-throughs, and if we don't do them ahead of time, you can definitely tell because we'll be like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> right. When I read that the ship was speeding away from Earth, I thought, "Oh my god, it's going to blow up." <laughs> Here we go. End well, of season one. Still a possibility. Yeah, never say never. Not at the right things are going. Yeah, I think. Um, for me, I'm more excited to see where the characters go. Um, I know kind of when they were being developed, there was sort of an idea for a lot of them. And they've kind of evolved over time uh, as we kind of, they've been through certain situations. And I think that uh, just watching where they end up and um, sort of their trajectories is going to be uh, probably the part that'll be more interesting for me. I would I would love to see uh, Olivia's AI um, be able to take corporeal form and just have one really awesome night with Leet. <laughs> I'm not sure how Leet would feel about that. Um, <laughs> he'd probably be like a little freaked out if, if the little match girl showed up on the deck and said it was being all lascivious. Maybe. Oh no, she could. She could ghost into Jesse's body. Oh no. <laughs> Stop giving Shannon ideas, and uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sure she'll appreciate it. And let's let's move on to the next question. <laughs> I think Richard feels uncomfortable. Do you think Leet would find his shirts and put them on? Will Leet ever find his shirts? I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, I, I doubt it. Well, he's got them, but will he ever actually wear them? I, I think <laughs> Leet will find his shirt the moment Colin decides on a permanent accent. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Actually, speaking of, the next question is, what do you like or dislike about your characters? Um. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love the albatross. What's not to like? Well, you like. have two characters, though they're somewhat I coupled. I know, right? So that freaked me out. I didn't I didn't see that coming, that uh, the albatross was based on on Glenda. And Glenda uh, is actually still alive. And that Glenda's still alive. That one I did kind of predict. I really did believe. I did believe that Glenda was still alive because she was just too mean to die. Um, and I love Glenda. I love the challenge of doing that accent, but it scares the bejesus out of me every time I get the lines. And I go and I sit in front of Dairy Girls uh, on Netflix it's a it's a wonderful show on Netflix about girls in northern Northern Ireland in the in the nineties, and um, oh they're foul mouthed all of them and they're so hilarious, and I I listen to to them speak for a while, uh, then I translate all of my Glenda lines into what I think uh, Northern Irish slash Scottish might sound like, 
and then I do my worst. Um, <laughs> I think we all are kind of doing that with our various accents that we're just kind of like, I'm going to give it a shot. It's not going to be 100% perfect. And just whatever. <laughs> It'll be whatever it is. Because I know that Bonnie's the same way with her Scottish and with her with her uh, Minnesota-ass accent. And, and oh, Eric yeah. with his various accents are the same deal. And it's like... It's funny because, especially Eric, because he's got so many different characters and they'll be in rapid fire. And so he'll forget which voice he is and then we'll have to stop and remind him. And he has to go back. Oh, wait, that's not who I am in this line. <laughs> no, but he's amazing. Um, I, I'm, I'm seriously envious of all of you that do the multiple accents because just doing the one, I, I'm so grateful to be a part of the podcast. But if she gives me another character with another accent... My head might explode. <laughs> All right, Aaron, how about you in the Bichon Freeze? Um, what is not to like about this goofy guy? He's arrogant, <laughs> stupid, mean. Um, I, I, I would say the thing I like about him the most, because what's very different about me in real life, man, he has supreme confidence in his skills. And he 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 will do anything, uh, like when he That's when he true. when he set the bomb. I was like, "You idiot! What are you doing?" And it it just cracks me up that he does that. What what I uh, something I dislike about him. I wish uh, he uh, I, I wish he would find a friend, which I think he was trying to do with the albatross <laughs> at the end of episode twenty. He was like. Oh yeah, he was like totally like trying to be smooth and like, hey, we're both assassins and check us out. And boy, she shut him down. And I I love that. I loved it. Never say never. I mean, you never know oh what could God. happen. Right? <laughs> and we don't know with Shannon and like her writing. She it, it could be going that way. But uh, yes, I I I love playing him. Uh, if anybody's listening to this, follow him on Twitter. Because me and Olivia have some uh, battle royales on uh, Twitter, and it's it's a lot of fun doing that. Also, Olivia and I will get into it occasionally on Twitter, but you guys are much more consistent than I am. All right, so let's move on to Leet, the lovable Leet, <laughs> the lovable Leet, who was not intended to be lovable originally. <laughs> um, Funny how things change. Yeah, uh, it just kind of happened. Uh, it's been an interesting journey uh, playing Leet. Uh, for me, actually, it's been sort of a learning experience. Uh, I love the character, but uh, I f- have a hard time because I visualize a lot of the jokes, uh, and uh, obviously, that's not going to work in audio podcast. So, <laughs> you know, I have to then figure yeah, out. Yeah, okay, aren't so great on radio. Yeah. <laughs> so, how do I uh, verbalize this? <laughs> what I'm trying to emote. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I think um, he's not where what I would have predicted to have played, but uh, kind of. Uh, surprised at uh, not only where he's gone, but uh, actually at the uh, audience uh, reception of Leet is not what I would have predicted either. So. <laughs> Do they love you? Do they love you? I don't know if love is the right word, but I certainly think they might relate to him more than some of the others, <laughs> Colin. Oh, shut up. I love Leet. I think he's awesome. He, he's just oblivious. He's this bizarre he's superhero. Yeah, that was kind of surprising to me too. Um, but I think if you're going to be, uh, you know, 
galaxy class idiot, you better have galaxy class endurance to stand up to it. Because otherwise, it's a short lived character. And symmetry. <laughs> oh, symmetry. It's always about symmetry. <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, my characters. Uh, so, Colin. So, I wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen to Colin, really. Um, I mean, he was just, he, as a accidental member of the cast, uh, or of the crew, I should say, um, that he was originally one of the passengers, and then there was this kind of hidden backstory that he might have had something to do with the passengers getting killed, which, frankly, we still don't have a good answer for that yet, actually. It's like, that kind of got lost with all the other chaos. Who was killing the passengers, and... Season two. I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that's season two. I'm hoping Shannon didn't forget about it. Um, <laughs> uh, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking that uh, he's going to be instrumental to that uh, storyline, hopefully. Uh, so I like that he's snarky. I like his, his insidious, sneaky nature. And But in the end, I don't know if he's, he's definitely... He's definitely conceited. He's definitely self-centered. I would love to see his character kind of evolve a little bit and kind of develop so that he actually does start to maybe start caring for other people a little bit. Um, I think uh, the the first part of that equation is to be self-aware, and I don't know that he has that capacity. He would he would have to develop some type of um, some type of self-awareness, something that where he was. Aware of like the the problem is then he might lose some of his pluck if he ended up becoming yeah. if he were losing that so he would never be able to lose that altogether so that's going to be a challenge with that character I think um, and then with um, with uh, uh, oh god I can't remember the robot Emily Emily oh, that's pretty sad when I can't remember Tater-tot. by your name Tater Tot uh, that's actually kind of turned into a fun character with me and Eric playing head one and head two. And uh, the dynamic there is definitely a lot of fun. And <laughs> uh, I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that either. If we're just going to revert back to our murderous ways. I like the idea of constantly trying to kill Leet because, well. Because Leet it, says bring it on, by the way. <laughs> he would. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with, with, with that robot. Because he's kind of like, uh, they're kind of like tied to the ship. So I'm not sure how how that's going to play out but so that'll be interesting i kind of actually like that it's emily um and so we're a little unclear i know robots don't necessarily have a gender but i think we kind of have both genders in emily and head one yeah is yet to be named which uh, it's it that there's that kind of like gender when it comes to like that there isn't a gender identity there that to mess with that we could go any way with that character which is kind of fun Uh, okay, so moving on. Uh, which character would you like most to get a beer with? Which would you trust to babysit your children or dog? None of them. <laughs> Emily. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Emily. Yeah, if you didn't really care about them. If you had the proper body tag, then I think the albatross would be a very secure choice for babysitting. Oh, that's true. If the child had the proper body tags, then the albatross would definitely ensure that nothing happened to your child. I can guarantee you that it would only be approved uh, foodstuffs being fed to the child. (laughs) No unapproved condiments, please. Uh, Actually, as far as like having a beer with, I think Leet would probably be fun to have a beer with. 
Yeah, that's the easy choice. I think as long as you're not on his hit list, Le Bichon Frise would be a hilarious person to have a beer with, mainly because then you could insult his, you know, beer selections. Oh, geez. Oh, he would probably never drink beer. He would only drink wine. Oh, probably. Oh, I don't even know if wine. No, champagne. Oh, champagne. Um, I was actually going to say um, the one that I would have, like to have a beer with, because I like to drink beer, uh, would be Jessie. Like, she's... Uh, she's you know, well, that's she's, a valid she's point. She's Scottish, but she wouldn't drink beer. She'd drink scotch. Yeah, well, just to go out with, I think she would be a total blast to uh, hang out with. And uh, she she could show you the town, I'm sure. Oh, I bet you she could. But I would want to watch that from a distance. Yeah, I don't know if I want to be directly. I would be. I would love to watch it like a video of her and Madeline just getting absolutely um, <laughs> shit-faced. You guys and just seeing the horror that would come as a result yeah. because it would be like bridesmaids or something like that. You're forgetting a key element. Remember, Mad Pants got her nickname from a night of drunken exactly. debauchery. Yeah. So let's not discredit <laughs> Mad Pants Madeline. Madeline. Well, that's yeah. why I think the two of them together would just be absolutely bedlam. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was going to say I'd want to have a beer with Madeline and. Uh, and probably von Hebesetzer because that guy knows he knows his ports and his cheeses and uh, he would get you some good stuff. But yeah, Hebesetzer would be a total party animal. I could totally see that. Oh, what about Donna? Donna from Minnesota. I yeah, I'd let her babysit my kid, Donna. Okay. Uh, next question: What are your hopes for Oz Nine? I hope it goes on and on and that people love it and uh, that, you know, we all get to quit our day jobs and do this forever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the living the high life of doing professional podcasting. (laughs) I'm not sure I'm on that page yet, but I definitely like that people are responding to the the program and I would love to to keep producing shows that people like. I, I I get a kick out of that. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, as long as we can find, uh, you know, listeners out there that are willing to put up with our brand of silliness, then <laughs> I think that uh, I, that that's that's enough excitement for me. Yeah, definitely. Like my big hope for Oz9 is uh, it's allowed me to reconnect with my friends. And I mean, we've always been friends, but it allows us to hang out every couple of weeks to see each other, to catch up each other on, on everything that we're doing. And I mean, that's, that's the best thing, you know, that we, we have an audience and they like the story. That's even better, but making friends with Eric and Shannon and Bonnie and uh, just creating this network of, of new friends and old friends is the best thing. It's a tremendous cast. It's, it's a great cast and yeah, being able to reconnect with you guys is fantastic. That's definitely an awesome thing because uh, yeah, we managed to maintain uh, connection after all these years which is amazing in and of itself but the fact that we can actually still participate and have fun again like this on a regular basis is definitely worth it yeah and I, I know this is a little bit previewy but I think uh, we're all kind of excited because in what, about a week here or so we're all literally going to be in the same room uh, up till now we've had people recording from across the US and uh, I'm kind of excited to see what kind of insanity uh, this crowd's going to get up to. Oh my God. And if you want to talk about drinking partners, this is where the action's going to be. <laughs> That's right. That's right, baby. We will get to have a beer. 
together. All of us. Next question. When people ask you what the podcast is about, what do you say? I actually just say it's a British farce. I, I've had numerous people ask me about this because I, I bring up that I'm in a podcast and then the instant response, oh, really? What kind? And then there's always a pause. And as I my brain attempts to put together a proper description, and I always go with that it is a it is a fictional comedic podcast set in a sci-fi setting, uh, done in a British farcical style, uh, kind of in the same vein of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and Red Dwarf. And people then nod, and they either like, oh, what's the address? Or they just kind of like, mm, nice. It is kind of funny because when I mentioned podcast, uh, everyone instantly goes to like a bunch of people sitting around talking about random stuff. and that's, Like we're doing right now. Exactly. But in a way, that's kind of what the story is, a bunch of random stuff. It's just got a little bit more direction. <laughs> it's controlled randomness. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're not used to the idea of a radio play. And I actually have always uh, dug radio plays. And so it's kind of nice to actually be able to do something new. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What do you guys uh, think? What do you guys say? I say it's about six or seven idiots floating around in a tin can in space. <laughs> and then usually if, you know, if they seem intrigued after that, then I get into more detail and, and I talk about it like that. Um, because most people I work with are, or know or I'm friendly with are surprised to find that I'm playing an assassin because I look like such a mom and I act like such a mom. And, you know, my whole life is... You know, <laughs> Yeah, working a day job and and being a mom to my to our seven year old, so um, they kind of look at me in disbelief because then I say, yeah, and my husband plays an assassin too. We're really, he's really hilarious, and then they look at me like you've got to be kidding, and and I say you got to just listen to it. You have to listen, and 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 you'll see. Yeah, what I like doing now for uh, uh, when June got on the podcast, she went on to T Public and. Got us a couple of podcast t-shirts. So I love wearing my t-shirt around. It says, uh, uh, I will assassin you. Yeah, I will assassin you. I uh, I wore it to a company event, though, and had five or six coworkers go, what does your shirt mean? And I go, I'm on a podcast. And just seeing people's reaction to it, and they're like, what is it? And I usually go, well, it's like a sci-fi uh, radio drama. I was like, you like sci-fi? And surprisingly a lot of people go yeah i do and i go well listen to it and i go you have itunes and i'll take them right to it and say just download it you know like it's a lot of fun and i go you get to hear me do this french accent and it's ridiculous so uh yeah i i love telling people about it we had some folks over to the house and uh we we told uh one of our guests that we do this podcast and he immediately went to it and downloaded it and i was like well, that's another download. You know, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> All right. Last question. What other projects are you involved in planning, planning on, or hoping for? You know, it's interesting. Uh, I'm not, like I said, a performer, but I've kind of toyed around with uh, writing. And uh, I was going to kind of work with uh, Sh Shannon on some projects. And this was a couple of years back. But uh, there were some really interesting ideas that came out of that. And... I would actually love to see her produce some scripts for those uh, programs um, as something to do sort of in the off time. Um, because, I, I mean, I think her writing is just wonderful and I, and I love the characters. Um, so uh, more more of those chances w would be kind of fun to, to participate in. But um, 
you know, I don't really have any aspirations outside of that, but uh, I could just think of, you know, some of the concepts that we talked about. I'm like, yeah, let, let's do something along those lines. Yeah, totally. I mean, we've got this cast of people. We could come up with all sorts of different types of stories um, between Oz9 um, seasons or as a separate podcast or yeah. however we choose to do it. As long as it's not Leet 1 and Leet 2. Oh, no. <laughs> the return of Leet. <laughs> Leet strikes back. What about you guys? You know, I, I I love the experience of podcasting. I I really enjoy uh, like getting on and and having having a script and meeting new people. And sure, like I I would I would love to do other projects, but I'm so like I'm a very loyal person. So like <laughs> I I want to continue. Yeah, I want to continue doing Oz Nine for as long as possible, but. Uh, it has uh, enhanced my creative juices a little bit. Uh, I've I've gotten after years. I've gotten back into D and D, so I'm writing a little bit with that, and that's a that's a lot of fun doing that. And uh, yeah, like I don't know. I think Shannon mentioned in the question if if I would be willing if we would be willing to do anything else. And sure, but like it it all depends. Like, again, we all have lives outside of podcasting, and if it would work in, sure, I would love to do additional stuff, but I'm just having a blast doing this and being with you guys that as long as we can keep riding this train, I'll keep doing it. Yeah, I I, I agree with that. It's really the mix of people that make this experience special. Uh, Totally agree. Um, Actually, one of the things that, um, that early on when I was talking to Shannon about these types of projects is that I wanted to and have taken a number of uh, training courses doing voiceover work. Um, I volunteer at the local Washington Talking Book and Braille Library. I wanted to upsell the library, so it is the Washington Talking Book and Braille Library that provides uh, audiobooks for the blind, as well as they teach classes on Braille, and they provide a lot of books on Braille. It's a fantastic organization. Um, yes, it really is. And uh, they have a magnificent facility downtown. And... Uh, that's helped me to develop some of my voiceover chops over the years. And, but I wanted something more, more, um, creative, so to speak, instead of just sitting there reading other people's books. Um, so this was just a fantastic opportunity to, to do that. And, uh, I would always invite other opportunities to do other voices for other people's podcasts. Um, so if anyone's looking to cast, <laughs> um, I'm more than willing to to uh, to to shill out my voice, so to speak, for other people's projects. Um, but uh, in the end, yes, I definitely want to stay loyal to to Shannon and Oz Nine because we're so we have so much fun. Is this um is this question designed to answer things that are outside of the world of podcasts? I think it's just kind of open in general. Yeah. That just kind of like creative projects in general. In the spring, uh. And now I teach at Parkland College, where the three of us, Tim, Aaron, and I, went to school. Uh, I'm a teacher there, and now I teach Theater 100. You're teaching Theater 100 at Parkland now? Yeah. That's awesome. I did not know that. Yeah, I've been doing that for the last uh, academic year, and I've got a class scheduled this fall, too. So it'll be a year a year in August that I've been employed there as a as an instructor and I've been applying to direct things. So in the spring, in February, I'll be directing, um, Mock and All by Sophie Treadwell with the, 
with the theater students there, and I'm going to kind of adapt it and do a little bit of a creative piece with it. Um, yeah, and we're, we're going to, you know, cast it with students, and then I got an arts grant from the city of Urbana in order to do it in Urbana as well. So we're going to have some free performances at the Independent Media Center there. So it'll be a nice uh, boon for the community. And then I also got involved with a couple of people who'd like to start their own theater company called The Contrast. So it'll be uh, mostly led, directed, uh, organized by African-American uh, artists, people of color. So I'm definitely, you know, in the back seat on this one. And I like that. I like the, I like the opportunity to use, you know, my privilege as a white person to help, you know, advance the stories and creative minds of people of color. Uh, so, so yes, uh, when I direct for the contrast theater company, we're hoping to do it at the Cranert Center and I will be do doing the Dutchman by Amiri Baraka. Uh, so I'm excited. Those are some other things I'm doing outside of the podcast, but I, I will always have room and time to do the podcast because it's so much fun. Right. And I love my red Sharpie. <laughs> yeah, well, if and when you guys actually discover that you're not human, what that will result in. Oh, I know. I think I'm figuring it out. Maybe Sean would be panic, crisis of crisis of identity. Yeah, yeah. When I when I got to say that awesome line about Jesse peeing her pants in the gymnastics meet, and then I say, "Wait, how do I know that?" <laughs> well, that was the last of the questions. Is there any other questions that we want to answer? I, I I just want to thank everybody. Like, if you're listening to this right now, I just want to thank you for being a listener and uh, for coming along on this journey with us. And uh, we hope to see you in April. Absolutely. So yes, I would like that too. So let's do a final a final outro farewell from everyone. So um, from Tim Sherburn, aka Colin Smith and Emily. Richard Cowan, also known as Lead XXX. Aaron Clark, known as Le Bichon Frise. And it is pronounced Frise. I'm pretty sure it's Freeze. It's the bitchin' Freeze. <laughs> and this is June Clark Eubanks as Glenda and the Albatross. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. And we look forward to seeing you at the beginning of season two. Yay! Cheers. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Meet Pia Casely, a journalist with a nose for a good story. Do you know who the last person to interview Julie Capsom was? Me. Meet Brenda Bentley, a dogged detective with a case she can't let go. Nobody came closer than I did, and that's why I was kicked off the force. Together, they solve the cold cases no one else can. That's when things got weird. And we haven't even gotten to the torso yet. If they don't kill each other first, that is. Well, you've got another thing coming. You know, I think it's you've got another thing coming. Or perhaps there's something else between them. Well, if the feeling's mutual, call it a mutual feeling. Arden, 
a podcast about crime, romance, and everything else. Season one and two now available. Brought to you by Wayface Industries. The good people.